Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Taddy. Hello, everyone. How are you all doing? We have an exciting show planned for you today. Our guest is the incomparable Guileen Fitzgerald of ColorfulStitches.com. She is a designer, an author, a teacher, and we are so excited to be uh, having the opportunity to chat with her today. We also have some letters that we'll be reading from our listeners in the final segment. And Lori, Ginger, and I will be chatting about what we're working on. So stay tuned. How are you, ladies? I'm doing good. Yay! Happy February, even though it's almost the end of the month. True. (laughs) No, but it's a short month, so that's, you know, that's always a good thing. (laughs) You're so optimistic. It's literally like, what, just a couple of days shorter. But, (laughs) But yeah, but, you know, we'll take it. We'll take it in this pandemic. Thank you very much. (laughs) So, I wanted to talk to you guys today about what you're working on and 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 ginger's already like biting on her lip yeah (laughs) what's the matter ginger i'm kind of in between things like it's so funny Ah. i feel like i'm like waiting for that next thing to hit me because i I feel like i did so much during the holidays and after the holidays and then i've been doing some garment stuff because we just finished up a sew along so i did make some fun uh it's called the penrose uh, peasant blouse so i uh did one of those for myself and so that was really fun and i got to get my serger out i uh Nice. Was playing on the serger. I still, oh, Katrina Walker's going to kill me. Uh, I still have not like done anything but what it's already set up for. So I've I've been caught in that <laughs> that terrible serger, like That's afraid okay. to do anything else because I I just I want it to work. It works so perfectly now. But anyway, so yeah, so I haven't been. I, I feel bad. I haven't really been quilting as much, um, but I am, and I guess I can kind of sort of tee it up, waiting for a project to come. But uh, I guess we can talk about that Yay. a little bit later. I don't know if we want to yes. talk about that now or later well um should i why mention don't we it? just hint toward yeah. it now and we'll bring it up in the final segment so people have to stick around to find out what you're oh, talking yes. about okay, okay there I you go that. i love that well it is it's, it's kind of a big project that we have that all three of us it are going to kind of be involved in so uh you know i i'm when it comes to quilting i'm not the master multitasker that you guys are so for me <laughs> having the one project that i can really focus on and do i think i'm, I'm kind of gearing myself up for that and uh warning everybody stay out. Leave me alone. I got to get this done. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited because I know both of you guys have a lot going on. So Tracy, you want to go first? Well, no, I want to respond about the the peasant blast because oh, I actually yes. happened to catch the video. Um, I saw a little video about using decorative stitches on YouTube um, uh, along the edge is that Meg yes, did. Yes. And so she used some decorative stitches on her machine and did around the edges. And I literally... Amanda holds up the blouse in the video, mm-hmm. and I thought it was 
a store-bought blouse. Like, I know. It was just so it was, pretty. It's so funny because I am in my closet and you guys can see me this time around. Literally, like, <laughs> here's my edge of my, my blouse. Yay. It's right there hanging in my closet. But uh, What kind yeah. of material did you use? Well, it was uh, sponsored by So Vintagely, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with the um, that fabric company or not, but it's really, really fun. So and um, we had used a linen. Um, it's kind of like a washed linen that I had done with the blouse that I made. But uh, I think Amanda ended up using like a hem that was oh it was oh, so nice. soft it was just beautiful nice. um, and meg did double gauze yes yes so and, so, and that's what had that beautiful embroidery but yeah because we were definitely trying to think of just different ways you can design with it and oh my god and meg healy for those guys that don't know it the, they're the hosts of the um our sister podcast so and tell mm-hmm. and uh anyway they um uh meg just did she made a dress out of it she did long sleeve she did all these other oh, like things gosh. and so the She's embroidery incredible. oh yeah and the embroidery was uh, you know, kind of kind of her thing. And um, the decorative stitching actually is really what she had focused mm-hmm. on, what Meg had, because mm-hmm. I think Amanda had done the uh, embroidery. Embroidery, so, yes. Mine's just plain, plain and simple, but I did it. I made it. Hey. So I'm happy it about that. It looks great. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I think it starts, it's going to be free <laughs> up on SoDaily.com. So for oh, those of you interested, cool. it starts on um, February 15th and it runs for three months. So you guys have three months to go and download it. I made it in like a day. It was so easy. Mm. So anyway, sorry, there's my plug for next project. <laughs> that's project. okay. That's so, what you've been working on. let's talk on, quilting because so. like, we're here to talk <laughs> quilting. Not, not, you know, not that we don't love our garment sewing, but uh, yeah, I need to get back into quilt mode. Um, so yeah, so who wants to go first? Because like I said, I know you guys both have a uh, some a lot of stuff going on. You want to go first, Lori? Okay, I will. Right. <laughs> it makes me laugh because I did a serger this past couple of weeks too, only I was making a quilt. Ah. I was simply sewing together strips of white on white fabric that I got from uh, Henry Glass. And it works super good with the serger. Yeah. Is um, it because of the repetitiveness and you're not doing anything? Like what makes it like what makes working with the serger, do you think at least um, when you you're quilting? We're not supposed to ask that question. Oh, <laughs> I stumped her. I okay. can't believe the reason. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know there were certain questions that were off limits. Exactly. The reason <laughs> I chose to do that was because I was cleaning in my sewing room and the white serger thread is getting really cruddy dirty. <laughs> And I figured I either had to use it or I had to start vacuuming all the thread in order to get the little dust bunnies off of it. God forbid you vacuum. And I do not want to clean when I could be sewing. Exactly. Uh, Worse excuses. I think that's great. (laughs) Too funny. So what were the other projects you were working on? Well, I also quilted a quilt for a friend of mine. It's a, it was a t-shirt quilt, so just real simple meandering and avoiding the areas where the printed part of the t-shirt was. Mm-hmm. And, and then I feel like I'm, that could be a big debate because I was curious because uh, when it comes to t-shirt quilting, like, you know, do you want to avoid that or is it okay to just kind of stitch over it like it's a regular one? And I kind of lean on the, I think you should avoid it. I think the logos are there and that's what you really want to see, but that's I me. haven't done one for myself. They've, I've done a couple, three of them, but they've always been for somebody else and I'm not yeah. willing to risk their t-shirts. Yeah. If it was mine, I'd go ahead and give it a shot and see what happens. Nice. I feel like some of my friends who, back in Illinois, in my guild, there was one person in particular who she actually had a whole business making t-shirt quilts. And I'm almost certain that she stitched over them with the quilting. Yeah, uh, I've made 
I've made two or three, I think. And in my case, I didn't. Mm -hmm. I just, um, you know, quilted the borders and sort of did a stitch in the ditch thing. But I don't think I I was afraid to go over the, I think it depends on the shirt, honestly. Oh, I know uh, Terry had recommended for the one that I'm doing on um, the, is it microfilament? The, the almost like invisible thread, right? Mm-hmm. which I think would be interesting because then it's not going to really take away from it, but you'll still get that kind of dimension that you're looking for, which I thought was kind of yeah. cool. All right. Okay. Sorry to interrupt, but I was just kind of curious. <laughs> and let's and see then- what else I'm impatiently waiting for fabric for a quilt that I'm doing for an upcoming issue of McCall's and it has to be done by March 4th. Then there's this other thing I'm waiting for fabric for. (laughs) I think I have my work cut out for me for the next couple, three weeks. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. It is. It is. We may be eating a lot of pizza. (laughs) Well, that's not a bad thing. (laughs) All right. Well, so Tracy, what do you got going on? So much. <laughs> so much. So you remember when we, I guess it was, I don't know, I guess it was like the end of last year and I was talking about how I was going through and organizing my stash and sort of figuring out where my UFOs were. Right. And I realized I have probably, I don't even know, every time I say it, I change the number, but it's literally about at least eight quilt tops uh-huh. that are just ready for quilting and just sitting there. Um, and then I found, I, I stopped counting at 21 unfinished projects, um, but I know that there's more than that. I just didn't want to say more. Um, you just gave up so counting after 21. I gave up <laughs> counting after 21. And so... Um, so going through and knowing what I have and knowing where that all that stuff is had really sort of opened things up for me. Plus, I don't know, this year and this past month or so, I really consciously made a decision to stop stressing about things. I get very hung up about work and making sure that everything's going well with the podcast and the magazines and all of that. And also I think still working from home was causing issues for me. And it's really hard to step away (laughs) from your computer during the day. And I was feeling this like compelling urge that if other people were online, I needed to be online too, even though Several of the people I work with start much earlier than me, <coughs> Lori. Um, and so I felt this need that I needed to be on, like not take a break for lunch, not, you know, walk away from my computer during the day. And so I decided that that was going out the window Good. and that I was going to start prioritizing the projects that I wanted to work on. So Lori, to start, Lori and I were talking one day and... Um, I was lamenting about my oldest UFO, which is a shaded nine patch, which is a nine patch that's made up of just two and a half inch squares and half square triangles. And it looks like a nine patch with a line through it. Right. And so one half is dark and one half is light. And I have started and stopped this project over the past 20 years. I don't even know how many times and I've tried all different techniques with it. I've started, I decided when I first started that I was going to hand sew it because Ginny Beyer was all the rage and she had that awesome book on hand quilting and she's so fast with her hand quilt. I thought, oh, this is great. I'll hand quilt the whole thing. 
And so the squares are not perfect and like, you know, they're not cut out perfectly. And so when I switched over to like machine sewing, that didn't work and I had to trim them up. And then I decided that I would try triangles in a roll and I would try like all of these different techniques and none of it worked. So when I went to open up the project and look at it again and decide where it was and, you know, what it needed and how I was going to proceed, I realized that I really just need this to be a leader ender project and be done with it. And so as I was talking to Lori, we started somehow, I don't even know how we got on the subject, but we were talking about AccuQuilt dies and I started using. And so Lori said, if you haven't tried the half square triangles with your AccuQuilt, you need to. So I pulled out my AccuQuilt dies. I have this one, two and a half inch square die that they have. I don't remember what it was called off the top of my head. Oddly, I know what the die number is, which was (laughs) 55059. But basically it was, it's four 10 inch squares. So it's a square made up of two and a half inch squares. And I, at one point had made all of these oversized half square triangles um, in order to cut them into two and a half inch squares to get a, a scrappy assortment. The quilt is getting cr- all scraps. And so I just needed a large number of squares. So pulled it out, started doing, actually marked the lines on the die itself with a pen so that I knew where to line up the squares regardless of their size, because some of them were not the right size and started, you know, just making the squares and I'm putting them in a little basket that is next to my sewing machine. It is so satisfying, Lori. So satisfying. (laughs) So I got that going for me. Nice. In the meantime, they sent out an email and Lori and, oh, this is why this conversation started because they sent out an email about their spider web die. And Mm -hmm. I asked you if we had one in the office and then I went over to the office and I couldn't find it. So I requested it and they sent it to me just the other day. Good. So my goal, because I've always wanted to make a spider web die, but I really don't like paper piecing and I don't like all the bulk in the middle where those blocks come together. So I am going to give that a try. And I've got a stash of cave facet fabrics that are just dying to be a spider web. That will be beautiful. (laughs) That's, that's the second goal, like of a project. Then I have a baby quilt. (laughs) I have a baby quilt that I have to get done by next month. So by the time our next podcast goes live in March, I will have made this baby quilt. So my neighbors are having a baby. Uh, the wife is from Germany. And I mentioned to my husband that I couldn't remember if it was a boy or a girl. And could he please ask the husband the next time he saw him? And you just sort of casually mention it. And I said, and by the way, I don't know what the quilt is going to be yet. Not quite sure. I haven't had an idea. And so he goes over to his computer. I'm not thinking anything of it. He just goes to his computer and starts typing. And I figure he just thought of something and he was emailing one of his coworkers or something. When all of a sudden he looks up and he goes, hmm, Dresden plates are from Germany. And so I was like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> and so he had the idea to do a Dresden plate quilt. So I have been frantically, frantically making little Dresden plate 
pieces. And I got a couple of really great tips from watching. I got the pie ruler from Lori Holt and I went back and watched her video on it. And oh my gosh, she has great tips for making, Mm -hmm. making the perfect points and things like that. So I'll share some photos of that on my Instagram. So you can see those, the progress of those. I've got a big stack of them next to my, my sewing machine. Well, it was funny when you mentioned, well, when you mentioned the baby quilt, I just had this thing that you were like, yeah, I have this unfinished baby quilt. The baby's like 10 now, but uh, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I actually do have more than one unfinished baby quilt, but those are for my grandkids. So there you go. I like that. (laughs) They're ready to go. So we just need to have one of our children decide that they actually want to have kids and then we'll be all set. There you go. <laughs> that made me sad. Anyway, um, and then I have another quilt that I have to do in the next month, which is a little one for Lori for her McCall's McQ&A. The theme is travel. Am I allowed to say that, Lori? Yes. It's a travel. So I have a little kit that's um, Red Rocks. It was one of those row by row quilts and I got it at the Rocky Mountain Quilt Museum. And so it's, I re- all of a sudden remembered when she sent out the the question about it and I went, oh, I need to finish that. <laughs> and so I'll be finishing that. And then our unnamed project. Yes. All in, all in the next 30 days. Whoosh. I think I can do it. And I think I- you may need to eat a lot of pizza too. <laughs> <laughs> You think? Maybe so. Anybody that can get all those things done, it's you too. So I have no doubt you're going to get it all done. <laughs> I'm not a fast quitter. I just, I'm just oddly optimistic that these, all these projects are easy enough that I can do it. And, and I mean, they may not be perfect. Your ego needs though. You need those like easy projects that you can just knock out, you know. And yeah, so uh, deadlines always work for me. Deadlines are helpful. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, do you guys want to go talk to Eileen? I'm really excited. I am too. Yes, let's do it. Today in our open studio segment, our guest is a designer, an author, a teacher, and an engineer. Her work is absolutely impeccable. Welcome to the show, Eileen Fitzgerald. How are you, Eileen? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am so excited to have you. Um, so Gailene is actually in my next issue of Quilt Maker. She sent in a gorgeous quilt for a submission. And the funny thing was right before you sent in that submission, everybody I knew was talking about you to me. And we've never actually met. Oh, wow. Wow. I hope it was all good stuff. <laughs> oh, it was all great stuff. But every single person was like, you you know, Kylene. And I'm like, I've never met Kylene. <laughs> so it was so funny. So when I saw your quilt, I, I was, I told Lori, I'm like, absolutely. Like, I think you were probably the first one I chose for that issue. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, and I love when things like that happen because I just feel like there's a reason the universe is is telling me I need to pay attention. Yeah, it, it, it's fun. I, I, I have a good time. I like submitting. So I really, I kind of want to know more about you and more about how, how, where your journey began and how you became a quilter. 
Um, well, well, the short, there's a long story and a short story. And I must preface this with my family. I am from a line of storytellers. And our rule of thumb is probably the first telling of the story is probably the closest to the truth. After that, mm, <laughs> you know, it kind of goes like when you whisper in somebody's ear when you're in, in school or something. So it gets, it gets bigger and bigger. But the, um, <laughs> the short of it is I actually started, I've always sewn. I started my journey with my relationship with fiber in garments. So I was doing garments. Um, and very early on, I have des um, fabric designers, um, garment makers in my family. So anyway, that's where my very beginnings was. And it wasn't until 81 that I actually switched over from garments to quilting. And I was doing a little bit of both, but I had moved out of Philadelphia, which I was born and raised for the most part. I went mm. to college there. And when I got hired, I moved to Maryland because that's where the job was. But it seemed like my friends were having babies like there was a sale or something. And, you know, <laughs> I had no money. I was that's a how it is, though. <laughs> college graduate mm -hmm. and broke. But I could sew. And so naively, I said, Oh, there's a quilt in the magazine. It's sewing. How hard could it be? So I embarked on it and I made what it felt like zillions of baby quilts, but probably it was maybe like 20 in a row. And then one day wow. I was walking around a strip mall and I saw a sign in the window that said quilt classes. And I'm like, oh, you could take classes on this. <laughs> so I walked in and... um I took a class and the class basically was to make, um, it taught you how to hand quilt and, um, and how to, you know, mark the fabric, the shapes. This is pre rotary cutting. Um, so you mark mm -hmm. the fabric, you cut it with scissors and, um, and, and I was off and running, but I've always done handwork and I love handwork. So I probably could actually, hand quilt better than the woman who was instructing me because that was my thing. I was a needlewoman. I did everything with my hand. But anyway, so you take that adventure in 1981 and then fast forward that to like 94. And that's when I joined my first guild. That's when the light switch went off. And I realized the breadth of quilting was so huge. And, and what I was doing was barely putting my toe in the water. I mean, the quilts were pretty and they served their purpose and, you know, and I'm somewhat proud of them, but I didn't know quilting and until I joined that guild and that was eye opening. So, I, you know, I, I'm an obsessive compulsive learner and I tend to absorb everything I can. I, I truly get obsessed. So when I wanted to learn how to applique, I sat next to the people who applique. Because most of what I can do, I can do by watching and I can mimic and, and do stuff, you know, that way. So, but when I wanted to learn how to piece better or learn different things, I sat next to the quilter who did it. And I would kind of move around. So I didn't have like a little click at these guild meetings. I was this finding new friends, basically, to learn how to do it. And then I went to my first quilt show, and that absolutely blew me away. From that moment forward, every other handcraft I ever did in my life got put away. I was done. I was hmm. totally, at that moment, obsessed with quilting. Because 
of every way I could express myself. And I embarked on the journey. And I've always competed um, in different venues of different crafts. And it's not to win. I mean, winning is fun and I love to win. Don't get me wrong. But what I like is because I do my better work if I'm in a competition, you could bet me a quarter and I would act like it was a million dollars. But that's what I do. <laughs> I up my own ante when I'm in a competition and I need the feedback from a judge so I know what I need to improve on. So from there, I wanted to know, you know, could I compete? How competitive was I? Because the guild that I was with, it was a large guild, about 150 members. And, and I got shunned kind of early in the game because I didn't quilt with a hoop. I was a hand quilter who, who refused to use a hoop. And, and I didn't start at the center. And so they pooed me a lot. And, and like, you can't do that because the quilt police were, were in full force. And they had oh, multiple time. layers. You know, they, they, and this guild was, was, you know, they had older quilters there who definitely were old school. So I, I actually, became what I call like a closet quilter. I didn't show any of the work that I thought would get criticism from the group. I would only bring work that, let's call it more mainstream, that they would not have an issue with. And um, and I was doing that. And then one day, I actually competed in a tri-state show. And I went to go pick up my quilt at the end of the show and I walked in and it was the only quilt still hanging because they were taking down the show. And I said, I wonder what that other ribbon was. And I walked up and it was best in show. And I was blown And nice. from that moment on, I didn't quilt in the closet anymore. I had proven the point that just because you don't do it a traditional way does not mean you can't do it. And I found my own way. And not only did I do, I won. And it was, it wasn't a fluke I won, but it was an oddity that I won because I big stitched the entire quilt. And I think, I think it was because it was big stitched and nobody was doing it that it won its category. So it got a first and then the first compete. And the judges are like, well, the stitches are even, but they're not little, but they're even. So I got credit for that, got credit for the color, credit for the design, and voila, I beat out the competition. And I was as floored as anybody else that I won. Um, and and so it, it, it was a nice surprise. Now, you know, with every good deed comes a punishment, it seems. So, of course, that was my prize quilt, my best in show. And ironically, I was making the quilt for my mother. For her retirement and so on the back of the quilt had 300 signatures from her friends oh, and wow. now my best in show quilt doesn't even belong to me <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Wow. oh but what an amazing because gift I, you know <laughs> yeah i was making it and it was done the show came up i had an entry form i put it in i'm like oh i'll, I'll put it in it's done I didn't expect <laughs> to get best in show with it. And now I can't even have a lame excuse that uh, I could give her another one because her name was all on the back of this quilt. <laughs> with all these it, it was crazy. So, um, 
the other kind of crazy long story will we always i'm one of three children and i'm the youngest i have an older sister who is the apple of my mother's eye everybody knows that it's common knowledge but i knew that if my mother had an untimely death that quilt would be willed to my sister so i wrote on the back of it not on a label on the back in big words, when you are no longer living, this quilt belongs to, and I put my name on that puppy. I said, I am not ready for my you for my best in show quilt. So, anyway, oh my, my, gosh. my mother is going to prove me wrong. She's 89 years old, doing well, already had her first COVID shot. So, she'll probably nice. out with me. But anyway, but that's really how I got started. Um, and at oh. some point in that journey, I once I started teaching, I kn- I stopped competing. Um, I, w- I was seeing when I went to other shows like the Mancuso show that's close by, I was seeing my students work and I was seeing um, their interpretation of my designs from a class. And I, I and I felt it was more appropriate for me to cheer them on than for me to ever oh. compete against them. So that's what I, I switched over and do. And so I don't compete anymore. Um, I just cheer on my students and help them out if they want more instruction on how to make a competitive quilt. Um, my area of expertise, I, I'm a technician, basically. With the engineering background, um, I'm more of a perfectionist on how to get it dead accurate. What does it take right. to get it there? how to manipulate the fabric, the machine to make it work, um, to fool the eye into a feel of perfection, even if it's not physically perfect. So I do tutor and kind of help out mentor some people as they're competing on their competition journey, but that that's just me. And so now, you know, I'm, I'm on the show circuit and teaching a lot and designing a lot. And um, so it, it's been fun. Well, I'm kind of curious about your relationship with color, because as soon as I see your quilts, like, I mean, they just explode with color. Have you always, uh, I mean, has that always been like on the forefront? And I'm kind of curious, were your garments like that too? Did you have really colorful garments yeah, too? Yeah, um, I would say yes. My um, other hobbies, when I would claim I had a hobby, um, I was very big into photography. And um, I was actually, which is a little known fact, a competitive rose grower um, for years, for probably about 15 to 20 years. And um, so my design lines later on that easily translated into quilting because I used to do rose arrangements competitively. um, Oh, wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) Arrangements. And so you get these requirements from the category you know, must show parallel, must be so high, must show this type of, you know, must have an Asian quality to it or something. So I was used to balancing that with a live plant. And that just translates into my quilts where I can obtain balance without symmetry. You know, you you have to, to play. I mean, quilting is a craft and the there is no shortcut. It's ours in the craft. So, you know, you could start off making a very pretty quilt, but to get to those depth, those in-depth ones and a a lot takes time. It takes time in the game. 
to do it repeatedly to know. And then you learn more when you teach. So I have the ability, because I'm in a classroom with 30 students, to see 30 different color combinations of my design. And you learn. You look at it and say, hmm, that's an interesting combination. I wouldn't have tried that, but it looks pretty good. Or I don't particularly care for that. I think it needs X. But you see that repeatedly, and it just fills your brain, and you know, as your filing cabinet of color that works. So it's not like I studied, studied it. I, I think color comes, it's a visceral feeling. It, it comes with you. Um, and then I learn more because I'm in the classroom constantly and I'm doing it. And I, I challenge colors. I mean, you know, when I go in a quilt shop, I'll just buy a random piece of fabric that looks kind of odd and say, first of all, what was the designer thinking? And then, <laughs> then wonder, can I use it? To challenge my, because I love challenges, to challenge oh. myself, how do I use, how would I use this? What would I combine this with to make this the best it could be in my mind? And it, it just breaks up the monotony a little bit of of always doing the same thing. And, and I think as a designer, um, it's easy to stay in your comfort zone of color. So that forces me to do something that I would not normally do that's really outside of my normal go-to color range and, and work in that palette for a bit and see, see to make that comfortable for me. And you just keep playing with it and, and doing things. Yeah. Oh, I love that. that I, is... I was just thinking about designers that, that you know, have a certain palette um, and even quilters that always stick mm -hmm. to the same colors and and I feel like they explore that palette but then don't necessarily venture out and then and then there's you and <laughs> you know other color like really people who play in color and I just think it's it's kind of a muscle um and I think there's a fear factor do you do you agree? Oh, yeah. I think there are people that just get scared yeah. to try and, and something you know, new and it's just let's fabric. say the more famous or well-known you are, the higher the risk is to play in that color zone because mm -hmm. you got more to lose. Mm -hmm. If you're an unknown, you could really blow it and nobody would know it. Um, and you <laughs> right. could hide it. But if it, on the main stage, you try to pull that off and it goes south, um, it could be very frightening. And, and, I don't know. I don't take things so serious, especially quilting. I'm serious about it. I love my the work. I'm proud of it. But nobody dies quilting. <laughs> the other advantage I think a lot of us have that are in the the science technology field as an engineer, we're born to fail. We fail constantly. Because you don't make a discovery until you fail. And to learn more about the system, it has to keep failing so you can learn more and more things to make it better, make it better, make it better. So the worst case scenario is you succeed the first time out. You know nothing about the system. You know nothing about how to improve it. So I don't fail. I don't fear the failure. I expect the failure. So when I see it go wrong, I'm thinking, what do I do next to save it? What do I do next to save it? And that same thing with quilting. I keep adding more colors. I'm like, wow, that went flat on that edge. 
and let me add some more over here, see if I can counterbalance it. My last ditch effort is always applique. When things go really <laughs> bad, start applique. <laughs> you can put the color exactly where you want it. You don't have to worry about the piecing anymore. Put the color exactly where you want it to balance. And you and I will even yeah. do that after it's quilted. It could be finished mm -hmm. quilted and I'll keep looking at it and I'm like, wow, I it's still off to me. And then I'll start applicating. I think people are afraid of pulling color, to be honest. I, I think oh, yeah. I see them in the classroom and they're they're asking for permission. They're very hesitant. Um, and that means somebody said something at some point. Mm -hmm. And I, I always tell mm -hmm. them, stop asking for people's opinion. Just stop. If it's really good, your friends will tell you how fantastic it is. If it's really bad, your friends will not say a word because they won't offend you. <laughs> and so everybody else loved it. You know, those who criticize, I always think have have an issue they, there's something in it for them on why they would do that especially if you did not ask their opinion but when you ask somebody their opinion they almost feel obligated to answer so don't ask them just right. it yeah. and they'll tell you it. wow it's really good or oh that's interesting the whole gamut but uh, so do you ever like unsew things? Do you take I, things um, out? I rarely, it, it's rare that I will do it, but I have been known to do the whole top and something bothers me and it's wrong. And I could probably make it again faster than the speed it took me to undo it. But I will, I'll pick mm -hmm. it out and it gives me time to think to make sure what I replace it with works. I kind of, I design as I go. I, I don't really sketch things out at all. Huh. Now, have you always been like that? Or is that something that just came about after doing it I, and doing I, it? No, I, I'm usually working like on 20 maybe at simultaneously at different stages. Wow. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not, We're not I'm alone. Not one and then go to the next one because it's, it's a, it's engineering. It's a problem that has to be mm -hmm. solved. So, Instead mm. of waiting days to solve it, I sew on something else that I know the answer to and I think about what I need to solve. So I'm sewing one rotely because I already know what I'm doing as I'm thinking of the other one. And then sometimes you only have 30 minutes to sew. So I'm going to pick something that I can get some sense of accomplishment in 30 minutes and not something that's so tedious. And sometimes you need brainless stuff to sew on. Um, versus mm -hmm. stuff you really have to concentrate on. So I jump around quite a bit um, on my designs and as I'm doing things. So what has COVID done to your creative level? Um, I finally feel like I'm retired, number one. I was um, a full-time engineer and I was on the circuit full-time. So um, I really had two full-time yeah. jobs and with no break. And you honestly, as in everything, think you're managing and handling something, that stress level, until it stops. Mm. And then I'm like, wow, I was on a hamster wheel and didn't realize it. So I'm getting things done at a much slower pace, but my stress level is low. I'm enjoying it. And 
I had last year, I was targeting getting two quilts done per month. And I made it two done per month all the way up until October, until the holiday kind of hit. And I was teaching more. um, But I felt so relaxed because when you're on the road, I'm not with my machine. So when you're home, you feel like you've got to speed sew because you're only going to be there two nights. So you got to, you know, I only have a husband, no children. So I got to act like I'm married, you know, spend some time to have a real conversation, go out to dinner. And as you're just, you know, begging, oh, please, don't you have some place you could go so I could go to my, my studio? <laughs> You know, I had this idea and I just need to see if it's going to work. So you're, you're, you're caught in that cycle of not. And so now I'm with my machine every day because of COVID. And so I don't feel the desire that I must go in the studio every day to sew. I can do handwork and I can do other things, you know, um, which is kind of nice to be able to do that. Um, I, I want to know what we can do for you to promote you and what you're doing. Is there anything that you'd like our listeners to check out that you're doing? Well, I'm getting ready to launch um, a new series called Polygon Charm School. And we are going to work on a series of charm quilts based off of seven shapes. Polygons are my thing. And other than let's call them the young and youngins that that really don't keep stashes because their space is so small, most of us have a stash pretty deep. And mm-hmm. so we have the ability without going shopping to do charm quilts again. And I figured out a way that we can cut a little bit more efficiently so you're not cutting for days and to do some new designs with charms. So that's coming up for me, and it will be launched before the end of the month, I know. The other fun thing that I'm really doing, and I'm very, we're right in the middle of it, but we're, it's, it's been such a success, we're going to do it again. Um, Ebony Love and Latifa Safir and I have a collaboration called Gel Designs Collective, and we launched our first mystery quote on January 1. The feedback for that has been so, so good that we definitely are going to do another design for next year. And this is a design that it's a modern design that each of us had a a part in and we teach on rotating weeks. It's all online, but it, and we're all three engineers, which is really crazy. So we've got these engineering minds. We're all tool designers. So we all have our own tools, different techniques. So they're learning different techniques each week. But that has been, for me, so exciting and so exciting to see the students work of being able to, and it's a mystery quilt, so they didn't know what they were doing. So they first had a leap of faith to even work with us. But at this point, since there's three weeks in their project, the truths are coming out now that they're actually confessing that had they known it was going to look like this so far, they would have never signed up because they did not think they had the ability to do it. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. Yes. Um, my 
brain is just sort of thinking about things in a different way, Gailene. Yeah. Um, I, we were talking at the beginning of the show about how, how, how many projects Lori and I work on at a time. And I thought it was a flaw. Now I'm thinking that it's, you know, just my brain working things through. So thank you. for. Yeah. That. I mean, and when you really think about it, you know, when we're young and under our mother's wing, you know, you, you get certain mantras beat in your head, like finish what you start, because it's important for a child to, to finish something. And we take that words to our grave. But somewhere in our adulthood, it is no longer a requirement to finish something you started. And certainly after you Amen. hit the age of 50 <laughs> yep. and you realize the days ahead of you are shorter than the days behind you, I'm <laughs> like, the second you're not happy with that puppy, put it down. Right. <laughs> put it down, Amen. give it away, cut it up, reconfigure it. But there is no yes. reason ever yes. to work on something that does not please you in the moment if it's a hobby. Yes, it is just right. fabric. So I'm uh, like, you got that UFO, put who you're willing it to right on that, that zip box. <laughs> <laughs> and put that right in the closet. I and love you don't it. have to think about it. You've already pre-given it away. Um, yes. But yeah, but so I don't worry <laughs> about right. what's not finished. And I also make double-sided quilts. So yes. any of the projects that have gone rogue or not my favorite favorites anymore, end up my mm. the backs on my quilts. So when you flip them, I mean, if it's even a wall hanging, we look at the back of it anyway. People walk out of the room, we oh, can't. <laughs> in their business as soon as they leave yes oh yeah so this is where you and Lori are like soul sisters yes well Gailene thank you thank you so much for joining us today it has been such a pleasure to speak with you and to to learn more about you and what you do thank you again for having me and I look forward to submitting another quilt design I, I like it yeah. yeah I love doing it Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. You guys have been very nice. Thank you so much again. Oh my gosh. That was great. Isn't she awesome? She is so amazing. (laughs) Well, guess what? Go ahead. Tell us. We got mail. Yes. We have two that I can read to you today, and I think you're gonna like them. So, first one. Hi, ladies. I just wanted to say that I have missed listening to y'all during the break. It was a nice surprise to see a new episode up, as well as get to celebrate the 50th episode with all of the former guests. I listened to the Quilt and Tell podcast while I quilt, and this one made me laugh, which I really needed. It really was like hanging out with old friends. Y'all have brought me so much joy during this time that we've been at home. Thank you, all caps, (laughs) for all that you do. And I can't wait to hear more episodes in 2021. Sincerely, Joe Lynn. Isn't that sweet? Oh, that was nice. So Lynn, thank and that you. was literally like oh my came goodness. probably on 
on Friday. So it had just dropped like the day before, whatever that was. But I just remember she just stopped everything and wrote to us. And I thought that was so sweet. Yes. Oh, it's just so wonderful to like actually know people are listening. <laughs> You're hearing. And I told you guys, my brother listened for the first time and oh my God, flipped out. You and need to tell it, listeners about that. In years. Your brother is not yes, a quilter. No, this was just, a, <laughs> no, not at all. No, 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 no. And it's so funny. He actually, when he finally realized it was me on the podcast, he like yelled at me and scolded me. He's like, why didn't you tell me? I was like, because I didn't think you'd care. And he's like, no, he's like, it's nice. Great. So anyway, but it is, it's just so wonderful to know that, that we're not just doing this for us, which I'd be fine with that too. Girl, <laughs> after that podcast dropped, so... I just want to thank all of the listeners and we might as well give everyone a shout out because not only was Quilt and Tile number one, I haven't actually checked today, but it's been number one for well over a week. We were number one in in New Zealand and Brazil and Costa Rica. And what was the other one? There was one more. Do you guys remember? We Oh, I no, we dropped or, to number two in Iceland, and I was like, curse this. Wales? No, that's not Wales. Oh, I can't remember. Canada. It was Canada. Shout out to Canada. Oh, how could you forget Canada? <laughs> nice. Oh, we were, And, and oh. on the all-time crafts list, we are number five. And the top quilting podcast on the list. Everybody else was knitting. How about that? So I just, I can't even believe it. Um, Just, I I swear, Lori and Ginger know, we, I check the, the charts probably once a week. It's depends on where we are. If I I know a podcast dropped and we've, you know, I'm watching to see where we go. Um, But I take screenshots because I literally can refresh and we'll be bumped out of number one or, you know, and, and so. And when you're right, (laughs) well, (laughs) we're competing against people who do planning and scrapbooking and knitting Mm -hmm. and crochet and sewing and all of those. And so um, it's just been amazing, just amazing. And I feel like whenever we get a comment or even say I post on my Instagram that we've, you know, we're dropping a podcast and who the guests are and I get comments and I don't know who the people are. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, hey, I know. I it's know cool. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm such a dork. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and for you guys to reach out like that and tell oh, us and share that, I hope you realize how oh. much that means to us. It and, really and does. Poor Lori and Ginger. I will like text them no matter what time of night or day it is. <laughs> <laughs> look, we got a we got a letter. <laughs> or look, we got a comment. <laughs> Oh, it it's so, and I mean, sometimes it's amazing. You have such great timing because I feel like those come to oh us when gosh, we need yes. them the most. Like I'll just be having a horrible day, and then I'll get a message from you, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm back <laughs> in. All right, I'm up. We can do this. We got this." Yes. <laughs> All right. So we got another letter, and this one kind of goes back again. And so here, I'll just read it. So. Uh, I'm a new subscriber who's catching up on all of the old episodes. Thank you. We we love it when you go back and listen mm-hmm. to the old episodes. Love the podcast, and I'm definitely feeling more creative listening to everyone. And obviously, I love Alex Anderson. So do we. <laughs> 
And thank you for telling me that I don't have to make face masks. I felt obligated to make them and I don't want to. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Looking forward to the next episode. You can read this if you want to. Thank you for the podcast, Debbie Lauber. Aww, yeah, you yay, don't need Debbie. to make, you. this is your life. You can nope. do what you want. Nobody's the boss of you. If you don't want to make a mask, don't make a mask. Well, and if somebody had told us, you know, almost a year ago when we started this and thought it was really amazing that we're doing this, that we'd oh still gosh. be doing it in another year. Oh, my goodness. I'm still no, making masks. Do not I made be. more masks on Sunday. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. No. And I probably am going to make some more. But but now I'm doing it because it's fun and I got some fun fabric. And I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah. This will make a fun mask. Or, you know, I feel like my attitude towards it has changed. It kind of ebbs and flows. Like sometimes I'm just so sick of it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do any more masks. And then after a while, I'm like, OK, yeah, maybe I yeah. will make some more. I started uh, making yeah. it with boutiques yeah. and I like it. They're so thick. Yep. That's what I've been using. Yep. Yep. That's what I've been using. And uh, I have my, my husband actually knows what a boutique is now. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I made him a bunch. <laughs> I've kept very careful track of how many I've made. I'm clear up to nine. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I've made more than Lori. I was expecting you to be in the thousands. I was no. like, what? Only nine? No. <laughs> You've made more clothes in the last oh like, God, two months. Lori, I've yeah. made like 125. Like yeah. literally, I've made that oh, many. I know. I've got to be pretty close to that. Too, <laughs> and, you know? I, and I honestly, and that's like a conservative because I really haven't been counting. But oh my gosh, I've made so many. And I go through points where I'm like, I'm sick of this. I'm not making those. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'll make some more, you know, or. You know, I've got a neighbor who I, I made one and he's using the first one that I made him still. And he wears it at all the time. Oh. And it's like looking so ratty. And I'm like, oh, I need to make him a new one. <laughs> I have to fix that. Huh? Gosh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and my uh, husband, he works in the uh, uh, ski shop. He's like the tuning manager or whatever. So he sweats mm -hmm. through masks like crazy. And he's only got like three or four of them. And I mean, I'm washing yeah. constantly. So and I have all the coffee things. Yes. You, know, you know how I was telling you I was collecting them. <laughs> little uh plastic things that you know mm -hmm. you roll down your coffee bags or whatever and there must be like 20 of them in the little jar next to the coffee pot now because i just haven't been making them as much as i was but i'll get to it eventually they'll, mm -hmm. they'll be there indeed <laughs> well but deb do not no, exactly. nope, we give you full permission no, and you can and if anybody <laughs> asks you you can just say that tracy Lori, and ginger said you don't need to yeah. <laughs> or they just said, oh, sorry. <laughs> Tracy said no. <laughs> all good. So it's all good. All right. So do we want to give our news now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so let's excited. start at the beginning. We've scheduled our next Zoom. So our Zoom quilt cool. be, yep. yeah. will be yep. in March. It will be on National Quilting Day. Which, Which is, is March twelfth, <laughs> March twentieth, <20th. laughs> and I only know that because that's my oh, wedding anniversary. March twentieth, okay. so <laughs> it'd be helpful if we prepared for the podcast, wouldn't it, Lori? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So March twentieth. Well, and I told my husband about it, and he was like, "Oh, but that's our anniversary." And I was like, "Why? Were we going to do anything?" He was like, "Well, probably not." No, he's yeah, like, "That's yeah. our anniversary." I was like, "It's in the yeah, afternoon." We'll yeah. <laughs> and so, will we? I, did we pick a time? I thought we'd picked eleven a.m. 
Okay, yeah. So either way, we're not doing anything. It's okay. anniversary. We're, we're going to announce it again. Okay. There'll be posts. We'll have the correct date and time on the show notes page because Lord knows, you know, <laughs> that's just the way we are. Um, but it'll so be here soon enough. Like it's it going to be here for <laughs> And so the reason we've been sort of secretive and and Ginger's doing a little dance that you can't see. I am. I, oh Every time I think about it, I start doing a little dance. Is that it's it, awesome. this, this Zoom is actually going to be sponsored. Our sponsor is Maywood Studios, and they have the most amazing fabric. They yes. sponsored the Sew and Tell Zoom that happened, I don't know, about a month or so ago. And... Um, the so Intel team actually gave away pattern and did a whole thing. That's not really what we do, but we like the idea of giving away the pattern. So if you join us for the Zoom on National Quilting Day, uh, you are going to get a really fun quilting pattern. And Lori, do you want to tell yeah. them a little bit about what's going on with this pattern? Well, first of all, the pattern was designed by our our friend, Michelle Friedwin, who works for Maywood Studios. Yes. Hey, we love Michelle. So <laughs> when we were talking about it with Michelle, and she really is a friend. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's not just the person at Maywood that we talk to. She's a friend. So we were talking to her and thought it'd be fun to do a quilt from her design. And, of course, with Maywood Studio Fabric. And somebody, I think it maybe was Tracy, came up with the idea that Michelle could send each of the three of us fabric for a quilt without us knowing what she was going to send. <laughs> yes. So exciting. So we don't know what one. I think I had made the comment because she wanted our yes. opinions on what fabric we wanted. And I was like, they could send yep. us any of it. I don't care. And that's when Tracy was like, oh, what if we don't know what we're getting? <laughs> and oh, I've known so. Michelle for a while. I actually <laughs> used to work with her at Generation Q magazine. And so I've known her for a while and I knew that she would just totally eat it up. And she did. Well, and, <laughs> yes, and the exciting thing is that we're, we don't, we're not no. going to share with each other what fabric what we got. in Fight so. Club stays in Fight Club. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so at the Zoom, we're all going to present and you guys are all, everybody's going to get at to see what it is at the that same time. On, so. so it's yep, all going to be. At the same time. It's going to be so oh, hard not to yes. you guys or show you. I'm I like, know. Oh, that's going to be crazy. Tough. Thing is this morning, <laughs> Michelle Friedman had um, emailed us to let us know that the packages were ready, and she was about to mail them. And she was like, "Your mission, if you choose to accept it." And we're like, "Yay!" Did <laughs> it just arrive instantly? <laughs> and I love it because she had sent us uh, samples of the different fabrics before, and she sent it through UPS, and you could like, I could actually follow the tracking. Oh my gosh, I am so following you. <laughs> she does that again. Yes. I'm going to be yes. like. Where is it now? Right now, the fabric. Well, here. I, well, last time, so she sent us um, some headers, you know, so we'd know what the fabrics that are coming are, and that was how that whole started because we were we had just gotten the fabric samples and we're like, oh my gosh, this look at this. Did you look at this? What do you think of this? And then I think Ginger and I started sort of fighting over like Christina Camelli's fabric, <laughs> and then we we're like, it doesn't really matter. And so we were like, you know, if they sent us anything, we we're not going to complain. We like all of the fabrics that are coming out. So oh yeah, we don't even know what she's going to send. 
<laughs> no, it's so exciting. It's going to be well. So hopefully everybody will join us and then that way they can see what we're doing and they'll have the pattern and that way they can go. Hopefully we can inspire them to go and get some fabric from them as well. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And it's an easy pattern, but it's definitely got some little places where you can really showcase a design or fussy cut something or possibly use it with like a panel if it's a small print or something like that. So it should be fun. Yes. It's going to be way fun. Yeah. And the fact that it was Michelle's pattern, I think that makes me even more excited to see what she did for us. I agree. I agree. Yep. And, and the pattern itself was, she said, was inspired by um, when she was a kid and her grandmother used to tell her to um, have her uh, weave ribbons through tomato baskets. And mm-hmm. so it's kind yep. of a, that kind of an uh, vibe that the quilt design. So. Yeah. All right. So Zoom, National Quilting Day, March 20th. Uh, information will be in the show notes and you'll be able to go to quiltingdaily.com, click on podcast, go to Quilting Daily's podcast, and it'll be right there for you so you can sign up. Um, there may even be a giveaway for the first 50 people who sign up for Maywood uh, as soon as we figure out how to do that. We'll figure it out. So they want to give little charm packs of fabric to the first 50 people who sign up. So. So go now because the show notes will be up. You'll be able to click on the link and sign up. I'm excited. I just want it to be like March now. Yes. (laughs) And it just keeps dancing until then, you know? (laughs) All right, guys. Well, it has just been so much fun chatting with you. Yes, likewise. Well, uh, you and Lori have lots of work to do, so I think it's time for us to wrap it up and go. All right. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.